Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here. Locked on Nationals podcast brought to you by rockauto.com. Lowest prices out there for your cars, rockauto.com. Today's show, Connor Jones joins me, and we're going to discuss how the 60-game season, some of the new rules and regulations affect the Washington Nationals specifically. Really fun conversation. Always nice to talk to Connor. Hope you guys enjoy the show. 3-2 to Suzuki. Kurt Suzuki! See you later! The Nets have won it! Seven runs in the bottom of the ninth! This is deep to center field. Bellinger's back. It's a grand slam! Howie Kendrick with a 10th inning grand slam to break it open. The former Dodger breaking hearts in Los Angeles. The kick in, here it comes. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! The celebration is on! The Washington Nationals are the world champions! You are listening to the Locked On Nationals podcast, your one-stop shop for news, analysis, and conversation surrounding your reigning, undisputed World Series champion, Washington Nationals. Now, here's your host, Josh Neighbors. Hello, everybody. Locked On Nationals podcast. We're recording this on Thursday, June 25th, 2020. My name is Josh Neighbors. Joining me tonight, Connor Jones. The focus of tonight's conversation is going to be how the shortened season rules are going to affect the Nationals specifically. But one thing I want to get to first, um, uh, this is from Britt Giroli from The Athletic, who we actually had in this podcast uh, a couple weeks ago. But source, the Nationals have not moved to extend GM Mike Rizzo, and the clock is ticking. It's a great piece. You can read it now on The Athletic. All you have to do is just look up the Nationals page or Britt. But, um, Connor, you and I were talking a bit before we got on. Why do you think the Nationals have not yet extended their GM has done such a good job building this team well if I had to guess it it'd, it'd probably be that they're gonna theoretically lowball him at the beginning which is a common theme kind of that the Nationals do with not just GMs but everybody it's always kind of been a, a theme across the board especially with managers so I don't know if I'd expect anything different here I think Mike Rizzo has earned the right to be one of the highest paid executives in the game whether that happens in DC or not is obviously still uh, still to be determined you would think in most situations that something like this gets done. I'm still optimistic that it does. Mike Rizzo, I believe, built a house in D.C. not too long ago. So based on that, you'd assume that he had plans on staying for a while, especially uh, now coming off a World Series championship. But um, you never know with the Warner family. They uh, Sometimes it's tough to get inside their heads, and I think that most organizations across the league would have probably extended Mike Rizzo by now. But for some reason, there seems to be some form of disconnect between – him and ownership, whether they're just waiting because they don't feel the need to do it yet already or not, hard to say. But, you know, I mean, it's something that I think Nationals fans would love to see done sooner rather than later. Yeah, I agree. I think it should be done ASAP. But like you said, the Warner family, um, older, they'll take their time with things and they'll, and they'll kind of move at their own pace. I'm not too worried with that. I don't think you can let a guy like that um, walk away. All right, so to the baseball now, we've got a 60-game season. Um, the first thing you, you brought up to me was – Guys can't throw the chaws in anymore. Uh, obviously, that's not the biggest rule, but no spitting. It just it just seems like an unreasonable rule to me. Like I don't know <laughs> how you can have a baseball season without that. Like, like guys might have an addiction, and you can they're just suddenly like ripping them away from that. Like it sounds. 
Am no, I wrong? Like, sounds no Chagas? Like, yeah, I can't take Chagas. How, how are people? How are guys going to make it through the season? Like, I, I, I just there's so many guys that have played with with one end for for years on years. Suddenly, because of the virus, they're not supposed to. Like, it, it seems like it's going to be hard to enforce that rule. Which really just brings me to the point of how many of the rules these rules can you enforce and can you not enforce? Because like. You think guys aren't going to try and like sneak one in every once in a while? Like they definitely are. Every once in a while, like constantly. Because <laughs> I think they made the rule against chewing tobacco on the fields in New York at Mets and Yankees games, right? And those were just those rules were not enforced. Like Major League Baseball didn't make those rules, but I believe like the cities did. Yeah, I mean, it may be different now that Major League Baseball made the rule. It depends, like. You think it's going to be one of those deals where some umps enforce it and some umps don't? I know we're like we're stuck on a really minute detail of the season, but when you think about like guys' routines, it, it seems a little bit less minute. I, I don't think it's that minute. To be honest with you, I actually don't think it's that minute. Chagas, I mean, you're going to see guys on the side like, like scratching their arms, like sweating, not because of the heat, because they're going to be like, I just need my chaw. Yeah, guys are going to be like at the plate and then they're going to be they're gonna be, like suffering through withdrawals. Like it sounds right. – it sounds weird, but but is it true? It seems like it would be. Um, to the actual on field. Well, this is on this is on field, but yeah, um, sixty games. So I guess we got to start with that one. I think this is what this one obviously pretty clearly impacts the Nats in a positive way. Shorter season for one of the older teams in baseball, right? Yes, I think I think there's a few positives out of this for the Nats. The fact that their pitching got to rest so much after a long season um, all the way to game seven of the world series last year, I think is obviously a huge benefit. I think that at the same time, um, the DH rule is a benefit from the perspective of a lot of older players that can really hit. Maybe you don't want them in the field too often, uh, save some wear and tear on their bodies. So I think that's another positive that you look at um, as, as a Nats fan and, as a Nats, as an organization. So I think you take away those two things. The extended rest is beneficial. I think that the schedule is not great. It's going to no, be really hard yeah, we'll for the entire while. like Eastern. I mean, I think the unbalanced schedules are just a little bit absurd. But yeah, no, we'll get that in a second. But yeah. Wild cards. It's like, yeah, I mean, like in the NL West, there's four teams out there that you can just beat up on. So right. I, mean, I don't know. Just yeah. it is what it is. I, like some, you just do the best you can. It was <laughs> always going to be one of those kind of seasons, but the schedule is going to be really hard. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of teams beating up on each other across the NL and the AL East, but definitely some advantages for the Nats playing a shorter season, um, you know, with, with an older roster. Yeah, let's go DH. I mean, I think the one – this is one that, that Britt told me too. You know, I think the DH thing in the beginning is pretty easy. Like, I think Howie Kendrick seems to be the guy you start with, and then you can go from there. But, like, I think Howie's probably the first guy you say, hey – this is a pretty natural fit as an older guy who we know can rake pretty well. Um, really good fit for the Nats, I think, to have as, as starting out as their DH. Uh, yeah. You know, you know, him and who else? Where else do you think you know, Maybe some Zimmerman. Who else do you think they throw in there? I think you're going to see um, teams thrown in there. I think you're going to a lot. I think you'll see Zimmerman um, maybe as Dribble Cabrera every once in a while as a switch hitter. Um, yeah, I think you can always get – Starlin Castro, maybe if he needs a day off, right? Um, he's probably going to be a. I mean, typically you're probably going to have him out at second base, but you know, if you want to get, you have an opportunity now to keep his bat in the lineup with getting him off of his feet defensively. I think Zimmerman, Kendrick, and Thames are going to be the three main guys you see in that spot, just because you can kind of rotate them between first base, 
um, the bench and then DH. I think that's kind of good for players their age, players with their skill sets. So I think that's going to be the primary guys. Other people, I think you're going to see, you're going to see out there defensively um, for the most part. I think DH, you're probably going to save for, for those older guys that, that can really hit. But I think overall having the ability to keep an extra one of those guys that they wouldn't otherwise in the lineup is, is an extreme advantage for the Nats. So uh, another thing, too, with, with the runner on second, and if I've read this correctly, there's going to be a runner on second, right, at the start of extra innings. Is that, was that the way it was Correct, it, yeah, it, yes. minor league style. Did they say – and they say, um, can it be the same guy every time? That I don't I don't know on that. Like well, I think no, I think it's, it's the final out. Question, the, isn't it? It's I the mean, fast it's the final out of the inning before, I'm ninety percent sure. So the guy who's so the guy who was the final out of the inning before. Correct. So like I because I saw something on Twitter about like managers giving Billy Hamilton the strikeout on purpose sign with two outs <laughs> in the ninth with no one on so that he can lead off the the tenth as the runner on second base. So I'm assuming that's the rule. So I right. mean that like that actually makes sense. The Billy Hamilton example, like it, you kind of want him to get out maybe so that you can have him, um, have him on second base to start off an inning. Yeah. And um, let's see, the runner would be the person. Yeah. Person to file out of the prior inning. Good, good job, Josh. Way to do your research before the show starts. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. Uh, the pitcher would not be charged to earn run. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because to think about like, it's a whole new element of strategy. And I think it's, um, I have mixed feelings about it. Like, like to, to some extent you're like, why can't we just play it like normally? To some extent you're also like, I kind of enjoy the strategy of it. How do you feel about it? I feel like that I understand why they don't want to have 16 inning games in, yes. this, in this kind of a season. So I'll let it slide. I don't love it at all. Like <laughs> personally, I just, I think it's, it's just goofy. But, yeah. you know, I, I can – I'm being more lenient on stuff like that in a year like this that has so many other factors going into it. So, as a fan, I'll let it slide. I think I'm going to – as a fan, I'll let a lot of things slide because it's games rather than no games. So, you kind of – you take the wins with the losses. So, I mean, it's equal for everybody. I think it's weird, and I think it's kind of I, – I think at some point it just kind of changes baseball in a way that you don't necessarily want to see, or at least I don't necessarily want to see. but you can see why they're implementing things like this in a season like this. I mean, outside of what goes on on the field, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously clearly stuck on the stuff that's not directly related to the game, like players not being able to be in the dugout when they're not supposed to be playing in that night's given game. So like, are we going to see Max Scherzer just like chilling in like row B section 112 yeah. four nights, four nights out of five? Like, like how's that stuff going to work? Can I think that's going to be pretty weird too. No, like you think I, you can me, put them in the pen? Like that's I don't know. Like, what do you expect? Like, I don't know. What do you expect players to do? It's just that part's just weird to me. I don't. I don't see the problem with him being in the dugout or, or like pitchers that aren't going in the game being in the dugout. It's still part of their team. They're typically there. It's gonna be. I'm reading all these. The the, the extra things they're doing. The celebratory contact not happening. Um, no spitting, chewing tobacco, obviously. The minimal distance between base runners, fielders, coaches, and umpires. Now, like, like they got to hold runners on and stuff too. That's always the one that I've always, I've been thinking about with the distance. It's like people have been like, well, baseball they're naturally distance, not when they're holding runners on and stuff. Like I think that's one part of it. Like people are people are forgetting. Yeah, there's guys out there that like, they like to get like six foot leads. So like maybe like they're you know what's gonna happen? Guys are like diving back to the bag and you're 
you're like touching them with your glove. Like I don't, I, some of this stuff is just unreasonable to me. Like the right. same way, like the, when you look at like football's restrictions and then they expect to have like 11 on 11 games, like, all right, these protocols just don't work with the sport. So some of it, you just know, like they're, they're throwing it out there probably from, for a PR perspective, well, but I just can't question. see them being in. Because if you're quarantining them, like, and you're taking their temperatures and they're getting coronavirus tested, why do you have to alter the game and stuff? Like, does that make sense? Like, I mean, I know that, like, but isn't the presumption that if we have everybody in a bubble, the bubble is clean, there's no infection inside the bubble? So why are we altering the game? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think that that's the, the ideal world, but do we really think that's what's going to happen? Like, do we really think that the bubble isn't going to – the corona is not going to infiltrate the bubble. Like, oh, we got. I'd we be shocked. Not. I'd be shocked if in, during the NBA playoffs, oh. someone came down with corona, wouldn't you? Good. I I don't know. That's the thing is, like, I'm not, like, like I, I didn't know we were anticipating guys not getting it. Like, I thought that it was just. Well, no, I think they're all going to have it when they show up. I just, I think it's a matter of like, can we? People keep... are going to go into their families, and it's not like their families are going to go nowhere. Okay, so this is what I was wondering. They're going, they're, are they going to be staying in hotels? Or are they going to be staying with their families? I thought they'd. I mean, I figured they'd be staying with their families because they're playing. Well, then then it's, I mean, then this thing's gonna fall apart. Well, no, guys are just gonna get Corona. I'm like, <laughs> some people are gonna get it. That's what I like. Mean. You're, some um, people are going to get Corona and not be able to play for two weeks. The Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting, best for you sports performance bar in the game today. Go to builtbar.com and use the code Locked On for ten dollars off. On your first order, Built Bar has 16 flavors, all chocolate, 8 with nut, 8 without nuts, so there is something for everybody. My personal favorite is the chocolate mousse flavor. My dad loved the peanut butter chocolate flavor and the mint chocolate flavor. There is also the Built Boost, which are uh, mixes for sports energy drinks. I love the blackberry lemonade one. It was delicious. So once again, go to BuiltBar.com. Use the code Locked On for ten dollars off on your first order. The Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest price possible, rather than change charging prices based on what the market will bear, like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or an account login. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com Yeah, this is the, the, play, so the player housing part. I guess that's part of the player safety, right, I, which I have not read. Um, so let's just we'll just move on from that to the to the to the season part of it. You already touched upon this. Um, I know it's tough. It's t- kind of like you know, tough whatever you know, tough shit. I guess you could say for the Nats or for that matter, anybody who plays in the eastern part of the country. But the Nats are going to play five games um, or four games, excuse me, against the Rays, four against the Yankees, four against the Red Sox, four against the Jays, and four against the Orioles. In addition to that, they will have to play their ten uh, the ten mandatories against all their division opponents. Dear God, you're going to have 40 games or 30 games, excuse me, against the Phillies, the Mets, and the Braves. And then you get to throw in uh, four against the Yankees, four against the Rays, four against the Sox. And hey, the Blue Jays aren't bad either. So really, in all, in all reality, there's 14 games that you would view as 
easy or, or easier in relation to everything else. That's your 10 against the Marlins, your four against the O's. The, I mean, this thing is going to be a steel cage match. Like, it's, I don't think it's going to be pretty. It, it's going to be a massacre. And I think everybody, it's going to be a bunch of teams with low, but not great close records, in my opinion. If I was the Nats, I'd look at it as, yeah, tough for the rest of the division. I mean, they're going to play you 10 times. And no, I, I agree I think, with that. I think you're, I still think the Nats are the best team in the division. I think that, like, I can see why people, people are high on the Braves. They obviously should be. They're a really good team. But I think the Nats, even losing Rendon, the way they've improved their bullpen, I think that with the starting pitching, the bullpen, having the DH, I think, I still think they're the team to beat in the NL East. You never know how a team's going to do coming off a World Series into an extremely weird season. But the rest of the division is playing the same schedule. I'd say that the rest of the division is playing a harder schedule because they're playing the Nats 10 times and the Nats don't right. play themselves. So it's definitely going to be hard schedules all the way around in the NL East. But, you know, I think that, I think is that as the Nats, you still feel, you feel pretty good about it. I mean, Yankees are going to be tough. The Rays are going to be tough. The Red Sox aren't going to be easy. So, I mean, you know, it's going to be a really, a really tough schedule, but um, that's just, it's just kind of what you're faced with in a year like this. I, I just think it's going to be very SEC West-ish. And that's kind of how I feel. Like, I think it's going to be pretty – like, I don't think anybody's going to come out from this looking like, – like, nobody's going to look at the Eastern teams record-wise and be like, that was pretty clean. Um, that's that pretty, I agree with that. I mean, yeah. the Dodgers are going to just absolutely obliterate their competition all year in the NLS. So they're going to win the National League by a large margin. Um, <laughs> the, the NL Central doesn't have to – you have a much easier route to a wild card that way. Right. Won the AL Central four times compared to the AL East. I mean, that yeah. division is terrible. And then yeah. you play uh, – so, yeah, not only is the NL East harder than the NL Central, but the AL East is harder than the AL Central. So, I think it's well, going to be – I think the Central is the toughest region. I think the Central – you know, the Twins and the Indians, who I, I like both those teams – and then the central, the NL Central is pretty up for grabs. The Tigers and the Royals are atrocious. Or horrible. Yeah, no, I totally agree. But those, they've got two good teams there. And then in the NL Central, you've got four decent to good teams, uh, everybody excluding, um, obviously, the Pirates. So I think when you bring that together, the, the Central is squarely, in my opinion, the second best region as a whole. And then the West, I mean, what a, what a joke the West is. The, the AL West is like, you know, it's not like I, I, you, can, you could do worse. The NL, the NL West, is, it's going to be a blood. It could be a year where you see a team like the Angels get a wild card because they get to play the, the AL West and then the NL West a lot. So they may have a chance to win a good number of games and get into the playoffs, which personally I think they're a really fun team. And I think that'd be good for baseball to have them. Even in a one-game playoff, having a lineup like that, I think yeah. is just is, is exciting for fans. Like as a team that I personally would like to see in the playoffs just from an entertainment standpoint. It's going to be weird. We're going to get a lot of playoff match. I mean, I, I think, you'd think we're going to get some playoff matchups with teams, you know, even like in the American League and the National League, where like they just haven't seen each other, which I think is going to be pretty interesting. Like, there's a good chance you're going to get matchups of teams that have not played at all this season, which I think it, becomes very interesting. You're going to see that uh, a lot in the, even in, I mean, you might see it in the NLCS. You might see two teams that haven't played all year. So right. that's just going to be odd. I mean, it's like, it's basically three separate leagues. Right, and they're going on. It's just to, like yeah. they're not even like they're not even relevant for the entire season, except for um, the wild card that's being determined strictly off of record, um, based on records versus 100% unbalanced schedules. So that's yeah, it's that's like, just 
I, there's no other way to do it. I get that. That's the one part that I'm just stuck on being like, all right, like, are we seriously saying there wasn't a better way? But I, I guess there isn't. So I, like, I, there might not be. So I'm, yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think with the mandated season, it, with a mandated season, I don't think there was, you know what I mean? Um, I, I'm, I'm as curious to see when the schedule comes out because you know, I was actually talking to Nash Walker of the Locked on Twins podcast. And, you know, we were curious, are they going to do these games in pods of six, you think? So they're not having to make like, or pods, I guess, five. So not having, you know, you're having to make two trips to the same city. You know, that makes sense. I don't know because it'd be different. It be, might be difficult because of the four game, uh, um, the four game uh, interleague games. So I don't know if that would change it, but I guess you could make it work somehow if you just factor in off days coming off of an interleague series or something. So it's possible, but five game series against the same opponent is pretty weird, but it may be the fairest way to do it because you'll see five different starters. So you don't have to worry yeah. about, I mean, I, I wouldn't travel, have a problem with you that. You don't have to, you don't I have actually double, like that. You don't have to double back over on travel is the big thing. Like, you know, yeah. you're, not, you're not having to go to the, the city, you know, no two trips to Miami. It's one trip to Miami and you're good. But yeah. Miami, it's one trip to New York, you know, one trip to Atlanta, all those things. So I, I just I think like that, kind of, that kind of makes it the most fair. Yeah, um, I like that. What do we think? So I've been seeing the opening night. There's going to be uh, – so four teams are going to play on Thursday and then the other 26 open on, I believe it will be uh, Friday, so the day after. So, yeah. I mean, odds of a, a Nats-Yankees, Garrett Cole versus Max Scherzer opening night. It has um, to be, right? To coming off of, off of the World Series. Like, it's either got to be that or Yankees-Red Sox, but I feel like Yankees-Red Sox has lost some luster this year with the Red Sox not well, having – and no fans, too, is going to be weird. I mean, yeah. like, Yankees-Red Sox feeds off. I think the – I feel like a Yankees-Nats matchup to start off the, the year would be a, a made-for-TV game when you look at those rosters and those starting pitchers. It, to me, that seems, like the, that seems like the number one matchup that you could set up prime time to bring the season back. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it'll feel weird, obviously. You and I are very familiar with the, with the Mets and the Nationals being the first game of the season. Like, I mean, that's been the first game <laughs> for about as long as I can remember. Like, it's just every year. Uh, Scherzer, Scherzer and DeGrom have been going at it on opening day for like I think since you and I were in high school so um, yeah but I mean I, I think you're right like, like I think especially if, if Manfred's pulling the strings um, you know it's it makes a lot of sense now here's they better not do they better not and I don't think they do it but they better not do one of those things where it's Thursday night and like so what they're saying is they take a break with those four teams take a break the next, the next day. day yeah I mean, I don't know Why that. Do I, not necessarily. I don't. I mean, either way, everybody's gonna have to have the same number of off days at some point. So I don't know if that's gonna happen. I'd, I would. If you're gonna do that, just no, just knock out that Yankees Nat series the first weekend. You're gonna they'll give you probably three primetime games. Yeah. Well, I think that I think that they'd play the rest of the weekend if that's the case. Right. I mean, you get you get three or four primetime games out of that. You know what I mean? I mean, you get. Uh, I mean, they probably wouldn't do all four, but you get a, a you know a, a Thursday nighter. You get a Saturday Saturday game, you know, on TBS, whatever the hell, you know, they, they put Fox, I guess, is what they put the Saturday games now. And then on Sunday Night Baseball, you can do that, you know, as well, too. So, um, yeah, I, I, the Culver Scherzer, I think uh, I'd see that game being played at Yankee Stadium. We're going to see if this guess is right on opening night, but it's going to be weird. You've got Garrett Cole, you've got Max Scherzer, theoretically, and then you've got the atmosphere of Marlins Park. So that's just, it'll all be a, a unique scene for sure. Yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, one more thing before we touch on. Do you see the broadcast crews? I think they're only going to have one for each 
Yes. Yeah, so, so the rule there, I was I was reading something about that. The home team, the home team's announcer is going to be providing the feed for both regional <laughs> networks. It sounds like the first Twitter response I saw was actually a Mets fan going, "Well, that's going to suck for whoever's playing the Nats." Yeah, it's going to say you're going to get a whole lot of FP Santangelo trying to be uh, a nonpartisan fan and being like, "Whoa, you know, Howie Kendrick with a tater." Like, <laughs> that's just that's not Bob and FP's mo, and I I love it the way it is. I like right. I love what they bring to the broadcast. I think it's phenomenal stuff for the for the local <laughs> for the local telecast. But this year, apparently, that they're, they're trying to have people not do that. So we're gonna see how that works. I just I just I don't know if that's something I see either. I just don't think that they're gonna be able to to remain completely neutral. Well, what's interesting is they're allowing radio to travel. And I think it's like, you know, I I think it's interesting because. People listen to baseball on radio. I think it's showing it's one of those things like the TV crews don't have to travel, but the radio crews have to because I think messing with somebody's like radio baseball is like, you know, older people generally, I guess you could say, listen to baseball on radio. I like to listen to baseball on the radio, but people, it's like they need their crews. You know what I mean? Like people are like, I am not going to listen to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler call my game. I mean, if they can travel, I just don't understand why the TV crews can't travel. Maybe I, I think it's just more people. more people. It's more people. Yeah, yeah I mean, I guess I, that makes sense. Yeah. I just that's gonna be weird to me. Like, I don't. I'm not. I'm, I mean, I'm not in love with it, but like, it's it, you know what? It's. I mean, the thing is, you know, it's gonna be interesting opening weekend. I guess if it is Yankees, we're gonna have to deal with. I guess it's Michael K. Well, um, I mean, it's probably gonna be on. Yes, ESPN yeah. a lot. Like yeah. a lot of games. Will, I don't know. It's fun but, stuff the, though. It's all. It's kind of all fun to sort out. Um, We'll try to get more stuff about the COVID situation, how they're going to quarantine players or not quarantine players. But let's just – I mean, we've got baseball, and damn it, man, let's just hope we get it to opening day because, I mean, what, we're, we're 29 days away right now? Yeah, I think it's about a month out. Um, I mean, you just – you're praying we're holding on here to opening day. That's really what this is at this point. Yeah, it's going to be it'll, be – it'll be interesting for sure. I mean, everything's going to kind of come back kind of all at once, which is going to be a lot yeah. of different – Kind of like a sensory overload. Uh, all right, Connor. Once we get the schedule, we'll have you back on to uh, to break down the games, make some predictions for the schedule. We appreciate your time. You guys also go make sure you check out the Locked On Fantasy Baseball podcast and the Locked On MLB podcast, and make sure you guys throw a chaw in for the players who will not be able to uh, to have their chawgas. For the players. Uh, for the players. Do it for the boys. All right. We appreciate your guys' time. Thank you for listening.